0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: Well, I wrote today at Johnconzano.com about uh, a variety of different things. It was a potpourri. It was a it was a cornucopia. It was, uh, it was just a, uh, it was a shotgun blast of reporting and information. I basically emptied my notebook on things ranging from Damian Martinez's new car, which he posted on social media, to uh, the Oregon-Hawaii game, which is off uh, on August 24th. It's not happening, but it remains on the schedule if you go to GoDucks.com, and I, uh, I get into why that is. Game's off. You know, no. If you have a ticket and you're going to fly to Hawaii, you can go to Hawaii, but you're not going to go see a football game involving the Oregon Ducks in uh, August of this summer. Uh, and I also wrote a little bit about Jabbar Muhammad. And for people who don't know, he's a University of Washington defensive back who started his career out of high school at Oklahoma State, played three seasons there, transferred to Washington, was very good this last season, big part of their defense and their run to the national championship game. He decided, after Kalen DeBoer got in the transfer portal and took a job at Alabama, well, uh Jabbar Muhammad decided, you know, uh, he had a choice. Uh, does he stay at Washington and play for Jed Fish, brand new coach, or if he's going to play for a new coach, does he go somewhere else? He has decided to go to the University of Oregon. He announced it on social media last Saturday. I was on Press Row at Matthew Knight Arena when he tweeted it. There was kind of a little bit of a stir on... uh Press Row, and our next guest uh, had all the details because he talked with Jabbar Muhammad. Max Torres, you can uh, read him and find his work at Ducks Digest, covers the Oregon Ducks, and he's joining us now. How you doing, Max?
2: I'm doing great, John. Thanks for having me.
1: Man, I love how crisp you sound, how close you sound. That's awesome. Um, give me an idea. Like When you saw Jabbar Muhammad to Oregon, what was your reaction to it?
2: Yeah, I knew it was definitely a a big move, a big pickup for the Ducks. It it was largely a move that I was expecting. I think I had a pretty good pulse on that recruitment. Uh, Pretty much from the moment he hit the portal, I knew that that was going to be an Oregon versus Texas battle, even though he did take that visit out to Tuscaloosa to see Kalen DeBoer in the Tide. But I knew it was a huge pickup for the Ducks. It was one that I think they needed just as they make their move to the Big Ten. And with this expanded playoff, you're going to have to have top DBs if you want to Ultimately, go and get that first national championship, and, and Debar, Jabbar Muhammad, excuse me, it, it was certainly the best available.
1: Now, there, you know, the the departure of a coach, uh, you know, always causes angst in a fan base. The Washington fans were not happy with Jabbar Muhammad going from Washington to Oregon. There was a lot of uh, blowback on social media. I don't, I don't really get it, but that's more of your world. Like, you know, I don't want to single out Washington fans because Alabama fans were tweeting at him as well they were mad he didn't pick Alabama Texas fans were mad he didn't pick Texas this happens whenever players are up in the air but give me an idea when you see that stuff Max like what do you make of that and what do you make of the grown-ups who are going after the kids
2: it's pretty ridiculous John I do see it a lot especially not even with just transfer portal guys I'll see it with high school recruits, guys that are even younger than these transfer portal guys. And, and it's it's pretty sad to see, honestly, because, um you know, this was actually a part that I didn't include in the interview. But when I talked to Jabbar about it, he was saying, you know, if, if these guys were in my position, more or less, I'm paraphrasing here, but this is what he was getting at is if these guys were in my position and, you know, they had a chance to, you know, if they had a job or something that was a better better opportunity, better fit for them, they would be, you know, doing the same thing. So he was super, super mature um, about the answer, just saying that, you know, I have a great family a great support system that that I'm leaning on through all of this process. So he, he said that he's not really paying it any mind, but it's, it's pretty insane that you see these uh, keyboard warriors or whatever you want to call them on Twitter, just saying pretty, pretty tasteless things to, to these student athletes. So, um, you know, Jabbar handled it the right way. And um, you, you all you can really hope for is that that doesn't happen anymore. But, you know, it's it's something that we still see.
1: You talked to him. You had the interview with him. You got a sense of kind of where his head was and why he made the decision he made. Uh, you know, let's start with that. Like, you know, he's probably what is he looking for when Kalen DeBoer leaves? What is Jabbar Muhammad looking for?
2: I think he was looking for that that place that was going to be able to do a couple of different things for him. I think the first one was be playing for a contender. That was something that came up repeatedly in my discussions with him as he was in the portal and and taking some of these trips, going to a place that was going to be able to contend for uh, a national title. And I think Oregon certainly checks that box with with the roster that Dan Lanning and the rest of that coaching staff is, is building out in Eugene. And then um, you also look uh, at the fact that he was looking for a place that was going to kind of help promote him and and market him and and put him out there to help him realize that lifelong dream of of going to the NFL. And and if he can come to Eugene and pick up right where he left off with the Huskies playing lockdown defense, I I think he'll be in a very good position to do just that.
1: His family, he also made a, you know, in in the piece you wrote, he made mention of, Dan Lanning connecting with his family. How important is that stuff with with recruits? Because I got to think they're being sold all the time, and I, I I don't know. I'd just be a little leery of you know they connect with your family. Like how, what puts one coaching staff in front of another when it comes to that family feel?
2: Something that I've been kind of tracking lately, or just digesting myself is is. The the importance of connecting with the family versus just the recruit, because you can win over a recruit. But if you don't have the family on board, then they're obviously not going to be as in support uh, of that decision as just the player is. So I think what what really has put Oregon, I think, over some of these other schools is just the the all out approach that they have. It's not just one coach recruiting the player and the family. It's multiple coaches. Uh, Dan Lanning was obviously personally involved with this one. Tosh Lapoy and newly promoted defensive backs coach Chris Hampton. All those guys were involved. Um, they, They go above and beyond as far as just trying to find those little details that could be like, wow, you knew that? Or, you know, maybe it's something I'm doing hypothetical here. Maybe it's like bringing a certain food or just doing those small things to make it feel like a home away from home. And I think that it just shows you that the staff will go to any length to to try to separate themselves and and take that unique recruiting approach to to ultimately get the job done. So some of that uh, some of that, I don't know if I'd say Southern hospitality necessarily, but that was part of what he talked about. You know, he said they have some people from the South uh, up there in Eugene. So it kind of felt like the South a little bit. And he's not the first recruit that's told me that, John, interestingly enough. But that's uh, kind of just some of the background there about kind of what the Ducks are doing to put themselves over the top with these families, I think.
1: Ducks Digest is a Sports Illustrated channel featuring Max Torres, our guest now, talking about uh, Jabbar Muhammad in Oregon. And, you, you know, in your piece, you know, he makes this comment about FaceTiming. He says Dan Lanning was always FaceTiming him and Tosh Lapoy, the defensive coordinator, was FaceTiming him. And I found that interesting because I'll be honest with you, Max, like I had a I had a uh, call with Mario Cristobal, who's at Miami now, and I expected him to call me, and he FaceTimed me. It was jarring to me. What is it with these coaches? Why do they want to see people's faces?
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data,
2: I'm not too sure. Uh, I, I haven't had the opportunity to be on Facetime with with a coach, um, but I think I think just it's another personal way to to connect with players and and with recruits. And I think a big part of it too is just taking advantage of the technology that that we have at our fingertips. I think I can't imagine what doing this job would be like even 20 years ago. Just all the technology, whether it's social media, YouTube, Huddle instagram like it's just you are connected with someone at the drop of a hat and i think doing something like a facetime maybe shows a little bit more effort because you can see exactly how the person's acting and i think when when you ultimately get out to whatever school it is obviously Oregon in this instance i think that that's uh you know you're seeing that dan lanning and these coaches are the same as they were when when they were recruiting Um, you know, a said player like Jabbar Muhammad, he was talking about how they just kept telling him, Hey, we want to get you out of here. We want, we want to get you out here. And he's like, I'm ready to get out there. And then I think really he said that, um, you know, it kind of, kind of felt like home and and it felt like it was the spot he needed to be at once he got to take that visit. Was there
1: strategy in the way they announced it? You know, it's a big basketball game. Oregon's playing Arizona. You know, landings at the basketball game or, Is that just coincidental that Muhammad happens to tweet it at that moment?
2: Uh, I viewed it as a little bit of a coincidence, but I do think that a lot of these announcements are incredibly strategic. If you're looking at the bigger picture here for that weekend, not only was there a big basketball game on, you had Lanning wearing the the grass is damn green and Eugene Mm -hmm. sweatshirt, which was, was newly released. Like That's a big part of it. But the Ducks also had their big junior day, one of two junior days that they're having with top recruits flocking in from all over the country. And I think to to just have it during that weekend while he was on campus, I think it all plays into just building up this momentum as much as you possibly can. So I don't see it so much uh, overlapping necessarily with the basketball game, but when you have all of that, the the merchandise, the spring game announcement, it's just, the staff is just pulling all the right strings at the right time. And I think Mohammed's announcement is the latest example of that.
1: Yeah, I think they're far more sophisticated than they used to be back in the day when people were faxing in their uh, their commitment. Uh, we're talking to Max Torres, who covers the University of Oregon uh, recruiting in particular. Um, you know, you used to hear kids say that facilities mattered, playing time mattered, relationship with the staff matters. Now we have some different different attractions with NIL and and uh, you know the the move to the Big Ten and it's, what what do you think mattered matters to kids in general like and and is it the same can you can you get sort of big picture you know uh consensus on any of that or is it individual and and has to be tailored to every kid
2: i think it is individual in, in some cases but having done this for a while i think that there are two big things that really maybe three let's go three that really i think every player I talk to kind of comes around to in one way or another. The first one's relationships. I've heard this a couple times just talking about, hey, yeah, you know, Oregon has great facilities or every school has amazing facilities but what really matters are the people, the ones behind the scenes, the ones that are going to be coaching you up and and you're seeing on a day-to-day basis and and that are ultimately going to take care of you and and help you get to that next spot in your career, that next level. So the, the relationships are a huge part the development factor is huge. I can't tell you how many times, John, I've, I've heard, oh, yeah, Dan Lanning's from Georgia, Tosh Lapoy's from Bama, so they know what winning football looks like. That is a recurring theme across so many of these interviews, or, you know, Will Stein's offense is, is uh, you know, getting these 1,000-yard receivers or putting up these crazy numbers. So the development factor is very real, which is why I think uh, I'm excited to see what the draft, the Ducks can do in the draft because I think that is another phenomenal recruiting tool Um, And then the third one I think is the brand or couple that with exposure. I think that, you know, when you think of Eugene, you don't think of a massive major city, but with technology, the Nike brand, the tradition and history of Oregon's program, like there's just the big 10 conference. There's all these factors that continue to pile up and can really help Oregon, I think play bigger and have a bigger presence than you would expect from a Kind of smaller city in Western Oregon.
1: The Big Ten, Oregon heading there. You you've sort of had a cl- up close look at the recruiting class. How do, how does Oregon's recruiting class position it to compete right away in the Big Ten two years from now in the Big Ten? What's what trend do you see forming?
2: The, the trends shooting through the roof, really, is, is is what it's looking like. I think that they are perfectly positioned to contend immediately in the Big Ten because. We saw Dan Lanning put that emphasis on recruiting the trenches, particularly along the defensive line. I think that Oregon has kind of proven that they can do a bit more with less uh, along the offensive line, and, and that's by no means a shot to the players that are playing that position. But I think that they were just not where they needed to be necessarily with the caliber of defensive line talent that they were bringing in, but that immediately changed once, once Dan Lanning came in. I, I think he signed the best defensive line class from the high school ranks in the 2024 class. And then you bring in a guy like Jamari Caldwell from the transfer portal to get some experience there. And I think that they are positioned to, to be incredibly competitive and very successful for years to come in the Big Ten.
1: All right, Max, I really appreciate you joining us. Great stuff, great insight, great work in getting Jabbar Muhammad in, uh, in, for that interview. If you want to read it, you can. Uh, I link to Max's piece in, uh, in what I wrote today at johnconzano.com. Or you can find Max uh, on social media as well. He's an easy find there. Max Torres, uh, you're the best, man. M. Torres Sports. uh, And Max, I really appreciate you, man. Thank you.
2: Thanks for having me on, John. I appreciate it.
1: All right. There he goes, Max Torres. Coming up, Jed Lowry. We got him
3: top of the hour. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?